0: What I think happens a lot of times in in situations is, it's like a patchwork quilt. You have a problem, and you put this patch on here, and this works, okay. And we go along for a while, and this works with the new patch. And then at some point, you have this, you know, huge grandma's quilt that weighs heavy and is not functional at all. And you just kind of have to just shake it all out and go, okay, we're going to just shake it out and see if we can't get some, get rid of some of these patches, streamline some of this stuff, and be more effective what's inside discovering what you're made of and making the most of it with professional coach ken edwards helping you understand your gifts honing your leadership skills sharpening your natural instinct so you can enjoy a more fulfilling life
1: Welcome back to the What's Inside podcast. I'm your co-host, Eric Nordoff, and I'm here with Ken Edwards, as always. Hey, Eric. Hey, Ken. So we are talking today with Sue Ann Hempel again, but we're now switching the conversation to leading teams and leading others. What's it like to work in a team environment and play a leadership role?
2: Yes. Sue Ann is a seasoned professional that has a ton of experience and Has worked both in the nonprofit area, volunteering in the nonprofit area, and then her corporate life. And so she has a lot to offer. And Sue Ann has transitioned into being a coach, too. So she's taken her experience and is now coaching as well.
1: Yeah, I think she's uh, maybe taking some cues from you and learning as much as she can from you as well. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, this is going to be a a really great conversation with Sue Ann Hempel.
2: So, Ann, we're going to talk about team leadership, and I know you've led teams in different circumstances. And so I want you just to tell us about what that's like, what your vision is for leading a team, kind of what your philosophy is, what kind of culture do you want to sit, set, and how you handle times that maybe the, someone on the team or the team needs to be corrected, and just kind of think about just all of that. And so if you just would kind of talk to us about Your experiences leading a team.
0: Well, I think teams can come. I think that each team is individual and they kind of come with their own almost personalities or Mm -hmm. way that they react to each other and are already in a habit of working with each other. Unless you have like a brand new team that you've pulled together. That's a different story. I like to listen first kind of see first of all who are the ones in the room that are kind of steamrolling everybody or or do you have someone in the room that's kind of steamrolling everyone who is not speaking up or who is not in their comfort zone i like and again i guess i'm dating myself i think strength the strength finders came out like 20 years ago Mm -hmm. strength finders came out a long time ago i mean it's still very it's still being used a lot
2: yeah it's been quite a while ago yeah Yeah, probably 15 20 years yeah
0: i like strength finders because strength Finders gives you a little bit of a different perspective is, mm-hmm. that you get from something like a Myers-Briggs or even the Enneagram. The Enneagram mm-hmm. is wonderful. But I, I love the Enneagram. But for me, strength Finders will sometimes point out areas, even those that are on are pretty advanced. I remember I was working with a group and this gentleman who was very high up with the healthcare company and he was... I am um, he was an attorney and he was, he said literally to me, if I am not at the point I am in my life and I don't know my strengths, there's something wrong. And I said, you know what? I would agree with you on that, but let's just do this anyway, because we're all doing it. And let's see if maybe there's some things that you don't really realize you're good at. Mm-hmm. And- so I coerced him into doing that, like that Southern Steel Magnolia thing. <laughs> like, yes, you will be taking the strengthfinders exam. Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> so yes, he took it and honestly fell pretty much where he thought he fell, and honestly, where I thought he would fall. But then also there there was one really big surprise for the two of us that he had a strength that he didn't really they never really played up on. And I think within each team, if you understand the makeup of that team and that team each understands and values what the individuals bring to the table, then it's just going to grow and go better that way. If you're just all kind of winging it and you've got two or three that are the loudest voices in the room and they get the most attention, then you can have someone in the room that's quiet and in some situations will tell you later to the side, well, what about this? And they're brilliant. It's like a brilliant idea. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. And so I think that making sure that those around the table, however they're comfortable in voicing that, that if leadership can hear them and can listen to them and make sure that they're heard and that they know that they're heard and that they understand that leadership is not only willing to listen, but wants to listen. And that we're all headed towards the same goal. And we all want to get there. It depends on how we get there. You know, we may all have different ideas on how to fly the plane, but we want to get there and we want to land the plane safely. And I think that's
2: important. And you're talking about something that most people don't have a lot of experience at is group dynamics, Mm -hmm. because you're talking about stepping in, looking at your team and who, what's the makeup of the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it would be worth Time kind of doing a brief study of group dynamics for everyone mm-hmm. because of my therapy background, I studied it extensively. But to just look at, yeah, who's operating in the room, like the point that you made, which is spot on the person that's quiet, the introvert typically gets overlooked mm-hmm. in our country, period, mm-hmm. let alone in the business setting. Mm-hmm. And to stop and pull them out into the open. Often they have pure gold they're sitting on, but they just don't, they're either looking for an opening and they can't find one because Mm -hmm. everyone else is talking. Mm -hmm. And so creating a balance really means creating a a place that's safe Mm -hmm. and making a level playing field so everyone has an opportunity to speak and get the best ideas out of each person.
0: Right. And understanding, if you're leading this team, understanding how they might want to divulge that. They Mm -hmm. may not want to divulge that in front of everyone. They Mm -hmm. may do better one-on-one or in a small group or a break off a task force or, you know, that you put together Mm -hmm. for a certain project. I remember one team I was working with and we did the strength finders and we had a lady that had been on this team for four years and had never plugged in. Mm -hmm. And she was one, she was a wonderful person. I'm telling you, she was amazing. And so we did the strength finders and previously she had been asked to do things that were really outside her comfort zone and she wasn't, she wasn't effective. So we went through her strength finders and I was looking at the organization. I was like, well, we really, we really kind of need this and she's got that. So let's try putting her here. And the last two years she was with that organization were the most effective. She knocked it out of the park, Yeah, but and then I had another lady that I worked with and she said, and this was on Make-A-Wish, she had signed on to work with the Young Leaders Board, mm-hmm. which the Young Leaders Board are, you know, they're all like in their 20s. They're either young marrieds. They're almost all, almost all of them are pre-children. You know, they're mm-hmm. are building their career. They're starting out. And this lady had young children at home. And when we did this, she said, no wonder I wasn't effective. Like I wasn't even where I was supposed to be. Like I can't work with young leaders. I'm not where they are in their, both headspace and mm-hmm. time-wise. I was completely the wrong person to, to do that. But I just signed up for it and thinking, well, that would be good. I can help there. And so when you align, I, I think we've talked about this before. There's so much in our society and so much about the way we were raised about how we need to look at what we can't do and learn how to do all the things, Mm -hmm. and that what we do know how to do and what are really talents that we have, we think that everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. And my best example of that is for me, an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, if I do an Excel spreadsheet, it is like the serious, hardest, most labor of love that I can do because it is the biggest challenge. I have a client that can do a spreadsheet in two seconds flat. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, why Why can you not do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not wired. If I get one of those cells off, I can't get it back into place. But we're all wired differently, that's right? right? And so, but for her, that's a strength and she doesn't even pay any attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the way we are with our strengths and and our own gifts is that sometimes we don't even see them. We need someone to, to point them out to us and say, hey, you're really good at this. Well, you know?
2: and yeah, once again, we need, Community around us to help mm-hmm. us see ourselves. Mm-hmm. You can't see yourself by yourself. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time. Right. And so to have community to reflect back to you who you are is critical mm-hmm. because most of the time when we're operating with our strength, we can't, we do, we think anybody can do it, mm-hmm. which is not true at all. Right. And that's really where we need to be putting our energy. And then we have culture. I think it's gotten better, but we still have culture that says, you really need to pay attention to all those weaknesses. You Mm -hmm. need to build those up, which Mm -hmm. I think is a massive waste of time and energy. Right. It's like, hopefully you can hire people to help you with that or someone else on the team (laughs) can cover those things. But to be able to look at what you are strong and own that, value that, whether you're getting it reflected by community or taking some kind of assessment like Street Finders or other things you've mentioned, I think will help set you free to invest in who you are. And what you have to offer and your career can really take flight.
0: It really can. Yeah. Once you once you see who you are and what your comfort zone is, mm-hmm. then you can grow that. Yeah. I'm not going to live and die by a spreadsheet. I mean, if I need someone to do a spreadsheet, I can either ask a friend or pay someone to do a spreadsheet for me. And my time is better spent on other things. But mm-hmm. I will say this, though. You were talking about teams. Actually, I think we're surrounded by teens more often than we realize. I mean, our family is a team, mm-hmm. right? Our Sunday school might be a team, or our circle of friends. Everyone brings to the table different things. And like for instance, I have my husband who is really wonderful and kind and gentle. And our youngest daughter is very similar to him. And she is young and she's kind and gentle and and just so sweet. And My oldest daughter and I are, I mean, like, what you see is what you get. You know, (laughs) we're going to tell you exactly what we think. There's not going to be any surprises. And we're just like, go get them. And because my youngest and and my husband are more gentle, sometimes we can just roll right over them. And we have to be aware of, hey, this is our little team here. And ramrodding over someone just because they're not speaking up doesn't necessarily mean that you're being a successful team. I think it's important to pay attention to who's in the room. Yes. And let them be valued for who they are and for what they bring to the table. Because it's going to, if you listen, a lot of times it'll be something way different than what you bring. And
2: you will miss that opportunity. That's right.
0: To hear and learn yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, that was an amazing point. So appreciate you being mindful of who's in the room. Once again, often mm-hmm. we don't do that. We're not mm-hmm. aware of aware of and or valuing who's there And being curious, it's like curiosity is like a lost art in our Mm -hmm, culture. mm -hmm. People are not curious. Mm -hmm. And just to slow down and incorporate that word, put that on your vision board. Mm -hmm. Next year, I want to be curious. We'll gift you so much just to be wondering what's going on in that person over there. What's going on in the room? If we have this problem that we're all focused on, how do we get everyone involved in trying to solve it? And Because there's going to be some people in the room that are going to want to just fix it. And Mm -hmm. the loudest voice, oh, I heard a a, a quote, it's been a few years ago. It said, confidence and competence are two different things. And often people (laughs) that are confident aren't necessarily competent, as we can see throughout our country these days. And so to be curious about, okay, what in any given circumstances we're working with the team, what makes the team more competent Mm -hmm. and more alive?
0: Mm -hmm. I always joke and say I'm often wrong, but never in doubt. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a good thing, but um, but yeah, and I and then if we want to take it even like another little level deeper, what lens is that person looking through?
2: Right, because my
0: the lens I'm looking through may be way different than your lens, and I might not even know that. You know, I don't know what's in your history and what's in your background. I don't know what lens you're looking through. And if sometimes you can have that moment to stop and say, "Okay, can you figure out what lens they're using?" Mm-hmm. That helps. Or, I mean, one of my biggest lines is, can you clarify that for me? Mm -hmm. Clarify or tell me where where you're coming from and help me understand. That's non-threatening, right? Like, help me understand. And if it's a different point of view, let's talk about this. Because maybe I need to hear this. Maybe I need to learn something here.
2: If you play, I often like to play the confused card. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard for people to be mad at someone that's confused, right? And so it's a way to enter into a conversation or draw someone out into the open to get the clarity that you're seeking. Mm-hmm. And so if you're seeking understanding, you say, I don't understand, or I'm confused, it takes the pressure off of the whole system. Right. So then you can go, yeah, you can have a much more honest conversation without risk being involved.
0: And here's one of my strength finders is, one of my strengths is harmony. Mm-hmm. But I said, I like harmony, but I don't have to have harmony. If I'm in the seat and I'm leading, I want a consensus and I want harmony. But if I've got that voice in the room that's just loud and is not going to do what needs to be done or is want to just basically be contrary on everything and is being Dr. No, then at the end of the day, I'm going to let you go so far. And then I'm in a seat and I need to make this decision. And we may not have harmony on this. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. But if I, I will always do my best to bring everybody within a measure of harmony. I'll give you an example. I was working with a group and the CEO was just woefully unsupported with like like lack of admin help. Mm-hmm. And I said, why don't you have an admin? And she said, Well, my board chair said no, I don't need an admin. So I was like, why would she not? And I'm on the exec committee, like, why would she not have an admin? Do something to help because she's just mm-hmm. like literally like editing yeah. invites, you know? Oh my gosh. And So, but when I went talk to this, to the board chair, I said, talk to me about, I would really love to see her have, you know, some help and talk to me about why it's not a good idea to hire someone. Well, where he, the industry he was in, admin help came at the price of $120,000 a year. And he didn't feel like the organization could handle that. And I was like well, what if we found somebody for $15 an hour? How about that? You know, three days a week. Oh, sure, absolutely. And yeah. so it's just, weird. what lens are you looking through? And is there an alternative way to come together on this that you're okay with it and I'm okay with it and we've got some harmony here and we get things accomplished, we get it yeah.
1: done.
2: I want to segue into just to a similar topic, but just one step over. Mm-hmm. Talk about leading teams when the political culture of the organization may be difficult or there's issues that are there where people don't feel safe or there may be mixed agendas that aren't out in the open, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of part of the organizational political reality.
0: Well, I think that's out there a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably out there now more than ever. I think as a leader, you do your best to listen to the voices in the room, try to understand where the points of view are coming from. Mm -hmm. And at some point you have to make a decision. And sometimes it's hard decisions. And sometimes that person's not good for the organization and and you're on totally different pages. And sometimes there are things that are a hill to die on. And those are hard. Mm -hmm. Those are really, really hard. But if you're signed on as a leader, you're not just there for the rah-rah you're there for me in my opinion a good leader is in the trenches with you that's my opinion like yeah. i'm not going to ask anybody to do anything i wouldn't do and that i'm not already doing i just don't, i don't believe in that i just think if you're going to if you're going to lead then people who are with you are going to have to see you have that same level of commitment and that same level of desire to have the team go forward or in your mission go forward mm-hmm. and um yeah and so sometimes there's hard decisions to make
2: yeah and it may create conflict, which mm-hmm. some people are avoidant of. I'm sitting here and what just popped in my head was something from graduate school. There's a a model of group dynamics. It's called Tucker, Tucker's model of dynamics. And it starts with norming. You're actually forming. You're pulling a group together or a team together. If you're starting a new one or you're just introducing new people to an existing, you have to reform. Forming part is pretty easy. People usually are pretty courteous and cordial and want to get along, then norming is kind of seeing where you actually relate to one another, where there are some things that are in common, where you have strengths that are in common, common values, that kind of thing. So you go from forming to norming to storming, where you have to have conflict in order to build a really strong team. And often people are afraid of that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes organizations, culturally are set up to avoid conflict when that's the very thing they need to get over the hump so they can enter into the fourth stage, which is performing. So you go from forming to norming, storming to performing, and you perform until the task is over or the band breaks up and they call, it doesn't rhyme, but it's called a mm-hmm. It's just how you wrap up a group in group dynamics. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage folks to consider how do you thinking about pushing into the team so the team has a chance to mature. Mm-hmm. Because It kind of goes back to what you said almost at the very beginning. And I think you're right. Teams have personalities mm-hmm. based on the people that are there. And so being able to kind of challenge that to grow and mature, because that personality, sometimes the group needs to grow and mature too.
0: Right. And, you know, the whole birds of feather flock together mm-hmm. is not always necessarily a good thing. Right. Because then you are you're myopic. If you have that eight on the Enneagram that's the challenger and it, you know and he's that guy on the team that's always like, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think when you try yeah. to tamp that down, sometimes, like I said, you can become very mild and have these blinders on and really find yourself going down a path that you really aren't growing. You, right. you think you are. You thought you did but you're really not growing and you're only listening to a certain set of ideals or it's kind of like the whole, you ask your spouse to load the dishwasher and they don't load it the way you want to load it, but you know the dishes still get clean. So there's more than one way to do it, but it's being open-minded enough to go, okay, is this valid? Is, this, is it good to question our current policies and what we're doing, our operating procedures? Is it good to challenge it? Periodically, yeah. Absolutely. Do you sometimes want to blow up the whole thing? Probably not always. I think usually there are times that sections of it need to blow up or I've even found, I've even found to me what I think happens a lot of times in, in situations, it's like a patchwork quilt. You have a problem and you put this patch on here and this works. Okay. And we go along for a while and this works with the new patch. You know, it's mm-hmm. or like a computer program, right? Or you build something out and then you go through another situation. Well, we're going to put a patch from there to there. And that helped that bridge. And then at some point you have this huge grandma's quilt that weighs heavy and is not functional at all. And you just kind of have to just shake it all out and go, okay, we're going to just shake it out and see if we can't get, some, get rid of some of these patches, streamline some of this stuff and be more effective. But it, it is... You kind of organically, I think as humans at times, you just kind of put a patch on it and build it on out. And pretty soon you've got this big cumbersome thing that is not as effective as it could be. Good point.
1: I'm curious about how are you going to take your experience with event planning? Obviously, you're thrown into, thrust into an entire team, different teams all the time and putting different events together, working with people. So... Yeah, you've you've got your thousand hours for sure of time you put into it. How are you going to take that and incorporate it into your coaching business that you're launching?
0: Well, I think each event has different dynamics. The goal at the end of the day is to have whatever you want to accomplish within that meeting, you know, whatever your your goal is. And each event is geared towards that, to accomplish that one mission. And all of, the inter- all of the logistics that have to come together, all of the planning that has to come together, all of the things that it takes ahead of time. Because I'm on the front end of things. I always say I've always negotiated. I don't decide whether you're going to have chicken or fish. I negotiate how much you pay for it. <laughs> so I'm on the negotiations side of things. So I'm in the front. So I'm able to look at an event and go, okay, we're going to take your this history here and we're going to evaluate the growth over the past three years. And we're going to project that this is going to be a growth for the next event. And I just think that having that ability to look at all these different events throughout the years, I mean, I've been doing, like I said, almost 15 years, looking at all the different events. I mean, I've done everything. I've been so, it's been, I had the most random clients and sometimes I don't know how they find me. I had a touring company that did Broadway tours. Well, they weren't Broadway tours. so like off, 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 off Broadway's. And I I remember this was like one of my earliest clients and Lord, they had the most bizarre, bizarre demands on what they needed. And I would find it for them and we made it work. But knowing how to, to shift in the moment and understanding there's times you got to make a quick shift or you've got to change what you're doing here in order to get there and planning and, Strategic planning is really, I'm really good at strategic planning. I talk vision board and all of, I, I can talk what strategy, vision What's strategy? One of your first I'm great with. I'm great with strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really good with strategy. And I don't take no often for an answer. It's, yeah, so I feel like there's always a way to get to where you need to get. And you've just got to find it. And so I think with the experience that I've had over the years of making these events come together and with all of the things that can get thrown at you, at the end of the day, you have a really amazing event where people have come together. They've accomplished what needed to be accomplished at the end of the day for whatever their their idea of success is. Like what do I want out of this meeting at the end of the day? Just like with coaching, at the end of coaching, what is your goal for coaching? What do you want to accomplish out of this? I mean, it's the same thing with an event, whether it ends a night of excellence, which my client just had the other night where they awarded all these people who had accomplished all these things, you know, they were a healthcare company. And all these things they had accomplished during the pandemic and everything, that was huge for them. And that was how they ended the note. What is the goal and where do you want to end up? And with the same thing with coaching, where do you want to go? What do you need to do next? And what tools, what tools do you have in your tool belt that'll get you there? Cause mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have the right tools. Mm-hmm. But if you have someone that can say, Hey, this is what you need, mm-hmm. <laughs> or having considered that, yeah, that's a, That's someone who's stepping outside of you. And looking at you and your organization and going, you could really do well if you had this because you've seen it in other organizations, right? you know, so Mm -hmm. that's the plan.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's
2: good.
0: For show notes and relevant resources mentioned in today's episode, and if you'd like to reach out to Ken to see if coaching is the right next step for you, visit ProvidentLeadership.com. That's ProvidentLeadership.com subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting
1: platform